completely about the people because that is one of, if not the most dynamic aspects of the business that mm -hmm. every single day that you open, your people are, are determining what that day is going to look like. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hi there, and welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast. I am Scott Feisk. We are joining you from IAPA Global Headquarters here in Orlando, Florida. And yes, you are tuned in to the right podcast. We are so excited to have these two gentlemen who need no introduction celebrating their 300th podcast here inside our headquarters. And as it says, this is the Global Association for the Attractions Industry. Matt, Josh, congratulations on 300 shows. And thank you for entrusting me as we kind of turn the tables just a little bit. It's your show. I'm not really taking it over, but I kind of am. <laughs> as I ask you a bunch of questions all about what have the past 299 shows meant to both of you? So first of all, congratulations, but let's go back in time. We're gonna start with you, Matt. Tell me, how did the two of you guys connect? How did you get together? Well, it actually comes back to IAPA. Uh, really? We met when Josh was a uh, ambassador, a show ambassador, and uh, I was working with the HR committee and we had done some training and so we, we interacted first there and then we both worked at Universal at the same time. Um, and then, you know, our paths had crossed many, many times and, you know, at one point we were having dinner just before a, a conference and uh, I said, Josh, you should start a podcast and he said, you should start a podcast and the rest is history. And the two of you just got together from there. Yeah. And Josh, you were working as a young professional at the time. Remind everybody, how did you get into the industry? I got into the industry uh, as a frontline employee at Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. It was the day after I turned 18 years old. I packed up my little Honda Civic and I drove from suburban Detroit to Sandusky and joined the attractions industry from there. <laughs> and you worked on several rides there and then one thing led to another and you came down to Orlando. I did. I, uh, I lived very close to here, pretty much on the other side of that lake over there uh, at the Rosen College for a couple of years. I uh, went to uh, it's, it's UCF's hospitality campus, and that's where the theme parks and attractions management program is, which uh, uh, coming soon is actually going to be a, a full uh, bachelor's degree. So uh, I get to say I have my bachelor's in hospitality with a concentration in theme parks and attractions. Uh, and then I went back to Rosen afterwards and I got my master's in hospitality and tourism. And during that time, I uh, worked for Disney for a little bit, worked for Universal for a couple of years, like Matt mentioned. Uh, took a summer, went to Myrtle Beach. That was a lot of fun and uh, opened up Hard Rock Park and uh, then opened Legoland Florida down uh, not too far from here. And then uh, one other small park. And then, yeah, that was, you know, it's pretty much uh, uh, had the opportunity to, to work both on the front line and in various leadership capacities at multiple parks. Lots of great experience. Mm -hmm. And then Matt, how did you get bit by the bug, so to speak? Well, <clears throat> I was working at a supermarket and my mom said, hey, the park down the, down the road, which was Canopy Lake Park in New Hampshire, was hiring. 
and I didn't really want to go back to the supermarket again. It was, you know, between college and, and high school. And so I went down there, I got hired as a ride operator, and again, that was, that was kind of history. So I spent about 10 years there, worked my way up through the rides department, spent some time with Cedar Fair at, at Valley Fair, and also Knott's Camp Snoopy in the Mall of America when it was Knott's Camp Snoopy. Um, I was then the general manager of a small family entertainment center in Milford, Connecticut called Smiles Entertainment Center. It's not there anymore, but um, learned a lot there, and that's actually what led me to Universal. And then in 2011, I left Universal and started my own company, and now I get to work with leaders all across the industry, uh, really helping them make sure they've got the right tools and resources so they can be successful. Absolutely. And that's what you do on the podcast. Tell me a little bit about how the podcast has contributed back, let's say, to the industry at, 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 as a whole. Well, I think one of the things that we hope that it is, has done um, is open people's eyes to different career paths. You know, that's one of the big things that we really want to highlight. There's so many different leaders that we've been able to talk to that just have amazing weird paths, you know, how they got to where they are. It's never a straight line, you know, from, you know, being a ride operator or a sweeper or, a, you know, somebody scooping ice cream to being the CEO of a company, whether you're manufacturing rides or water slides or you're a CEO at a theme park, it's never a straight line. And I think that's one of the things that hopefully we've been able to kind of share with people and maybe even inspire them to say, if you're, if you like the industry, but maybe what you're doing right now isn't really in line with what you want to do, there's always something else, right? You know, every theme park says we're a big city and there's so many different things that you can do. So hopefully that's one of the ways that we've kind of inspired the industry a little bit. Josh, how about you? Yeah, and one of the things that we really set out to do, because when we, when we first started the podcast, we noticed that there really was a gap in educational type content for those who are building a career in the industry. There's uh, there's plenty of enthusiast content out there. There's a lot of, if you look at podcasts, there's a lot of travel planning podcasts. Uh, I have no idea how many travel planning podcasts include the word Disney in them. It is probably, it, it might be in the in the hundreds at this point, to be completely honest. Uh, and, and they're all fantastic and they're, they're all great for their specific market. And frankly, a lot of them probably have, have more mass market appeal. Uh, but we really saw an opportunity to create something for attractions industry professionals, attraction pros, uh, to be able to learn from you know the, the best in the business. And really, uh, we, we really set out to, to say, what if we you know, reached out to whether it's owners or CEOs or uh, you know, executives and, and just all people throughout the industry and really learn whether it's about their career path in particular or about their business or about what it is that, you know, that they do specifically. So there's a, you know, a, a ton of content in the last 299 episodes on executive leadership. There's plenty on, on operational leadership, but there's also a lot on marketing. There's a lot on, uh, on operations. There's a lot on, uh, we, we did an episode recently on, on construction and we've done spotlighted uh, engineers and the manufacturing process. And like Matt said, we really, you know, I've strived to cover both the operator and supplier side of the business so that, uh, you know, our, our audience is really able to uh, not only learn maybe from their specific career path, but really be able to to understand the entire industry and everything else that is that is out there, and that includes theme parks, that's zoos, museums, it's aquariums, it's family entertainment centers, it's trampoline parks. It's I mean that as we know, the whole attractions industry is is very broad, and uh, you know we're we're excited to be able to uh, kind of have the chance to to talk to people from from just all different segments of it. I like to say, whenever you find safe fun, you find IAPA members. 
And with more than 6,000 members around the globe, IAPA embraces all of them and is so excited to help their industry and their business grow. And that's what you've done with the podcast. After 299 different episodes, how do you look at the industry differently, Matt? Well, I think it goes back to those stories that we hear from the CEOs and the, and the people that we interview because I think sometimes, you know, when you think about people in those positions, if you don't know them, it's easy to dehumanize them, sure. right? And, un and not understand what their, what their struggles are. But they're all human beings, right? And they're all people with different struggles. And, you know, we've heard so many great stories of people that, you know, have overcome adversity or they have, like we talked about before with the career path, they've gone in completely strange directions, right? And then brought it back or, you know, found, found a passion in something they didn't expect to find. And so I think I look at the people that are leading this industry you know, certainly I've always looked at them with, with reverence and respect because of the positions they're in and the amazing experiences they create, either for their employees or guests. But I think I've, I look at them now even more as human beings, right? Really? And, 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 you know, we've also heard people talk about the, the mistakes that they've made and how they've, they've, again, overcome those or they said, hey, the, the business was really going down the wrong path and this is how we were able to, to fix it. So, you know, I look at, at those folks really maybe with a more human eye now, even than I did before. Wow. And with 45 minutes, the average length of your podcast, you have time to kind of peel back those layers. And it's just not a sound bite, but it's an honest to goodness conversation where somebody starts to feel as if they can share. And then everybody learns from those mistakes. Yeah. After 299, Josh, tell me, how is the industry viewed differently from your lens. Yeah. Well, first of all, we use the term peel back the layers and peel back the onion quite, quite, quite often. often. So there's a, a very I wonder where I got that. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Where did that come from? I joked with Matt once, we need onion goggles so that, you know, prevent, prevent <laughs> the, uh, the burn from the onion, right? Uh, I will echo everything that Matt said as far as kind of uh, humanizing the people that you might, you know, read about in Fun World or be able to, or maybe see in passing on, in the aisles of the trade shows. Yeah. Uh, I, I would also say I, to kind of uh, extend it further is that I feel that the industry is even smaller after talking to so many people, connecting so many dots and being able to see these people, not only these people know this person and this person and this person, but uh, every once in a while we'll ask similar types of questions to guests. We try to really, you know, probe into them specifically, but just, you know, some, some basic questions about, you know, their career and, and their guidance and things like that. And there's a lot of, a lot of parallels and a lot of, I would say, uh, similar voices that you know that we hear in their responses that it, it just makes the industry feel a little bit smaller because it sounds like there's a lot of things that we just as an industry are on the same page yeah. about a lot of things that we might not necessarily realize because you know I'm in Chicago Matt's in North Carolina you're in Orlando or you know different areas of the industry and, and people are, are all over the world uh, but as a whole I'd say we're you know we're singing the same song sure yeah. Matt, earlier you said that every attraction will tell you they're like a small city or maybe they're a big city, but when you come back to it, it's all about people. Mm -hmm. Tell me what guest in the past 299 episodes had, let's say, the biggest impact on you? Wow, that, that is a tough question. Um, it's almost like picking children, uh -huh. uh, Scott, but I will, I will narrow this down. Uh, there was one person, Brian Knoebel, yeah. um, who we were, he and I were texting one day and Josh and I had a, an opening 
uh, that day that you know somebody else was scheduled and they they were unable to make it. Which and, happens more than you think <laughs> when it comes it to journalism, no matter yeah. what sector you're exactly. covering, that you're all excited for one, and then I call it a rescue mission. How do you put the pieces back together again? It sounds right. like Brian Knoebel was that person. He was, and so he and I were texting back and forth. It happened to be his father's birthday that day. They were a couple of days from opening the park for the season, and I said, you know, we've always wanted you on the podcast. We've got some time at 3 o'clock today. What do you say? It was one of those just kind of throwing it out there to see what he would say, and he said yes, and it was an amazing episode. I mean, Brian is just so warm and giving and caring. Um, just the stories that he had from you know previous generations of Knobles. And um, so I think that's one that, from a content standpoint, is amazing, right? But also the story that led up to it, to me, yeah. is also amazing. That's fantastic. Josh, how about you? Yeah, we had I one think, zero guest. questions for Brian prepared for that. We were <laughs> right. just off the cuff and we just did it. Uh, I'll also say that this is a very difficult question to, yeah. to answer because I, we've just had so many unbelievable, uh, so many incredibly inspiring people to come on. When thinking about it, though, um, I think about when we interviewed John Wood from Sally. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about, I would say, kind of the, the business side of, of the dark ride. And, uh, you know, he had explained something, and I, I followed up with how he answered the question with, yeah, you know, the, the families come, they, they ride it with their children, and then, you know, they're, they're able to cherish that memories. And then, you know, as, as the children grow, that, uh, that they're able to, to really embrace, you know, perhaps the, the ride that they had with, you know, maybe with their grandparents. You know, and, and then I started transitioning to the next question, and, uh, and he jumped in. He said, I, he's like, can I add more to that? I was like, please, yeah. Absolutely, and I, the response that he gave, I, I can't replicate it. You have to go back and you have to you have to watch the interview. <laughs> good tease, but, good tease. But uh, just the the passion that he shared for what the impact of his attractions, and, and you could uh, you know widen that out to really any attractions and, and everything that we're doing is that that's what we're doing is we are helping to facilitate these memories with families that the children grow up and when when people ask them like what's your favorite memory with your grandparent like it's it, it's us it's our industry in, in in many cases and the experiences that that they had and uh and it's just a kind of a mindset that uh it gets lost in the day-to-day -day minutia. A lot of times it does. And we, we have to remind ourselves of, of why we're why we're doing that. You know, a, a ride might break down or, you know, we, we can't find this paperwork or it's extremely hot out or there's a storm coming in. So like there's, you know, there's just all these things that just need to be done in the moment and, and in the heat of the operation. Uh, but we can't lose sight of what it is that, that we're doing uh, to be able to create these experiences for people, and, and I know that we we know it. It's not like it, it's not like it's lost on us entirely, but it sometimes just takes a back seat to the this needs to be done right now X Y Z, and the way that he framed that I, I thought was uh, was fantastic. You mentioned that a lot of times we kind of lose focus just because of what we have to get done right now. And that's kind of the beauty of a podcast, that it's not appointment viewing. Yeah. You can <laughs> dial in, you can upload, you can listen, whether you're in the car, you're in the kitchen, maybe you have a spare moment in the office back at work. And that is what the podcast gives its listeners. Tell me, what has the podcast given you, Matt? Wow. Um, I think... <laughs> I mean, as, as we talk about some of the people we've had on the podcast, yeah. certainly the the strengthening of and deepening of the network, right? Because mm -hmm. we have a real um, interesting pitch to someone. You know, if we're going to reach out to a CEO and say, "Can we have an hour of your time?" 
it's not to pitch them something, you know, in terms of a product or a service. It's we want to hear your story. We want to hear your take on your particular uh, facility, your your operation. And it's amazing how many people just say yes. We'd love to do that, right? Um, now, not everybody has, sure. but um, quite a few have, and we've even been a little surprised, like, oh my gosh, we have this person on the podcast, you know? <laughs> um, so that, that's been great, but I also think, you know, and maybe this is a little selfish, but you know, I love this industry. I have such a passion for the attractions industry, and it has given me another way to give back in a way that I never would have thought of. Um, I used to write a blog, you know, and now my, my sort of content marketing bandwidth goes to the podcast. Um, but because we're involving so many different people and because I get to do it with Josh, there's so many different perspectives that I get that I would never get when writing a blog, right? Because now I'm hearing from Josh, now I'm hearing from all these leaders. And so that has really expanded my horizons when it comes to, again, what this industry is all about and what we're capable of. Josh, how about you? How has the podcast affected you personally? Um, in addition to everything that, that Matt said, I, I feel like I'm continually gaining an advanced degree in the wow. industry and in like all aspects of the industry, whether it's executive leadership or, or marketing or operations, just all the things that uh, that we cover in in zoos. In I, I feel like I know so much more about about animal care and conservation and sustainability and, and things like, and and diversity, equity, and, and inclusion that you know I, I ever would have. Uh, you know, I, I imagine that I would know this much about, uh, and I know that I know it because I'm, you know, I'm in every single episode, right? And I'm, I'm having the conversations <laughs> and, I, and I'm talking, but I, I know that that benefit extends to the audience as well. Yeah. That those who, uh, people who reach out to me and they and they tell me that, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to this interview or I try to listen as often as I can, or, or you know, I, I tune into this, and, and and I know that, you know, not only am I gaining this information, but it's 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 available. It's it's there for for the masses to be able to to learn and really gain this uh, just inspiration and education that uh, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm so much more in tune with the industry. And speaking of being in tune, we're about uh, one third of the way through episode 300 of the Attraction Pros podcast. Thanks for joining us here at IAPA headquarters in Orlando, Florida, as we celebrate with both Matt and Josh this milestone. Tell me, how has IAPA helped your business? <laughs> Well, you allowed us to come in here and do our <laughs> 300th episode. You opened the door for I us. did open the door for <laughs> you. You did, open you the did door. not break literally, it. <laughs> literally, you opened the door. Um, I mean, my relationship with IAPA goes back many, many years. As I've spoken at IAPA, I've been part of a, an IAPA, um, you know, the education committee, the mm -hmm. HR committee. Um, and for me, again, it goes back to network. Right, sure. because there's so many people that you get to meet from a service capacity. It's right, making those connections, making those connections, yeah. and you know, just like I talked about, the the podcast gives me an opportunity to give back. Being involved with IAPA also gives me an opportunity to give back. So, you know, everything that we do for IAPA is volunteer. Right, when you speak at the conference, when you are part of a committee, yep. it's time that you get to you get to engage your passion in a way that really helps other people. So, that's just fulfilling right there and so you you take that and then also you're getting to meet all these great people and oh by the way it might help your business in some way i mean that's a trifecta <laughs> josh how about you 
If I may quote myself, yes. My, why don't you? It's your show. IAPA I'm just happy to be here. Acceptance speech. <laughs> uh, any success that I've had in this industry and therefore in my career can have a direct link trace back to IAPA. Really? Uh, and even when I when I think about uh, my first introduction to IAPA, my, my first expo, Matt was talking about how, how we met as you know, as uh, show ambassadors. I remember all the ambassadors kind of, you know, they gathered in a room and uh, and they brought in Alan Ramsey to speak to us. And uh, he gave the, the the most impressionable speech I think I've, I've ever heard of. He, I, he, he taught us the value of network, network, network. And he expanded on that and talked about the importance of it and, and gave us these tips, these tricks, and it was, you know, his, his presentation was just full of, of just passion and, and enthusiasm. And I don't know, something just you know clicked right there. Mm -hmm. Because starting that week, I, I really saw the value of it and saw the importance of it and then found the, the enjoyment of it and everything that Matt was talking about, of the people you get to see and, and get to meet, be able to introduce and, and connect with people uh, that it, uh, it, it is playing the long game yeah. um, and in some ways it, it sometimes it, it does have short-term impacts as well but sure. it's uh it is all about planting seeds that are that are going to grow and blossom some might not be immediate some some might be but you know many of them are, are going to blossom and mature over the course of your career so uh the connections that you make just know hey it might not make an impact today but 10 years down the road the fact that you know this person might be really you know really impactful so uh, i i date it back to that first expo that I came to. Yeah, it's your show. You saw the questions before we started. Uh, this one was not previewed. Oh, Tell man. me, yeah. Oh no, here we go. <laughs> Tell me, how does an IAPA Expo as a young professional benefit you when you're an ambassador? We are one yeah. week away from, and we're recording this one week away from. IAPA Expo Asia in Singapore, there will be about two dozen ambassadors there. What does that experience do for a young person looking to get into the industry? Sure. Uh, so despite the fact that it's been a few years, I, I think I can I can recall and, and give a, a pretty good answer to this. Um, you know, we were, Matt and I, we were uh, speaking with one of our interns a couple of months ago who, uh, who said that his employer was going to, uh, you know, cover his cost to go for IAPA. Um, and, and we had recommended to him that, you know, he apply to be an ambassador. He said, well, I might, but I know I'll be able to go anyway. And, uh, and on the surface, it sounds like, okay, well, as long as you get to go, that's one thing. And, and we kind of, you know, uncovered throughout the conversation of apply anyway. Mm -hmm. And if you get it, do the ambassador. You can still represent your company in, in a way, but immerse yourself into everything the ambassador program has to offer Yeah, uh, for a number of reasons. One of them just flat out is networking and, and just the people that you will meet who are uh, who are more senior in the industry and you know you get to just weave your way into those conversations and be able to meet them. I would also say uh, if you're an ambassador, network with the other ambassadors. You know, it's now been close to 16 years since I was a show ambassador and a lot of us are, are still friends. We're industry colleagues. Some of them have been on the podcast and being able to uh, watch each other's careers grow uh, it, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, yes, there's the career growth aspect of it, but then there's the byproduct of that, of, of being able to kind of say like, oh yeah, we, like we did this together. Yeah. We, you know, we, we had that week where 
we didn't sleep at all and we didn't have <laughs> any skin this. on our feet by the end of it and like our toes were raw right so yeah there's all those things but then you, you come out of that and and you just say like this was one of the best and, and just most amazing weeks of my life because of I uh, really kind of just hitting the accelerator on you know on your career and, and even the gear that I that I was an ambassador I was I was networking with with another ambassador and I knew that he was involved in a project that I wanted to be involved with and you know he he got me in touch with the one who was hiring for that position and wow. we took a walk on the show floor and then you know and that was that was it that was that was how I ended up at Hard Rock Park because you know that was because I I realized I wanted that while I was an IAPA ambassador networked with with it was Doug Akers he was the operations manager he connected me with John another Riggleman. young professional yeah. of the year yeah. <laughs> another young professional of the year yeah. yes uh, he connected me with with John Riggleman and, and we met during the trade show and then I mean a, a couple weeks later I was invited to go up to Myrtle Beach for my official interview but it was almost like that interview was just a formality because I, I basically you know solidified that uh, during during my time at the expo isn't that amazing yeah yeah <laughs> that was kind of so. the launching pad <laughs> yeah and how many others have phenomenal stories like that, whether they're ambassador, whether they're a professional, but this is where deals come together. Yeah. I had the good fortune to be uh, to be in Abu Dhabi last week for the opening of SeaWorld Abu Dhabi on Yas Island. And they kind of you know, pulled back the veil of secrecy and said that Morale and SeaWorld got together at IAPA Expo and yeah. started to have this conversation mm -hmm. of what would a park look like if we were to collaborate? And they have created one of the world's most imaginative, immersive spaces. Yeah. What they have opened is absolutely just phenomenal. And it's something that you need to behold in person to really appreciate what is under this roof. And as soon as you get inside, you forget the roof is even there. <laughs> but it's that glue, it's that connection that is made at NIAPA Expo around the world, which leads to phenomenal careers, business opportunity, growth, revenue generation. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Now, you kind of pulled back the veil of secrecy when you said an intern who works on your show, we see you at the helm of this. But Matt, tell me a little bit about behind the scenes. There's no Keebler elves, but no. <laughs> you do have interns who are up and coming leaders in the industry yeah. who assist you in the production of the program. Tell me about that. So this came about actually through COVID. Um, Josh and I were trying to figure out other ways besides the podcast to serve the industry and get people's stories out there. So we, we started a video series and quickly realized this is pretty labor intensive. Like to put all these videos together that people were sending us and that, that kind of thing. Real quick, this yeah. was for suppliers and we did this That's in right. response to some trade show being canceled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't know what that was. To, yeah, don't I don't like it. to say it was canceled. <laughs> I just like to say maybe it was postponed, it was postponed. for a bit. Oh, yes. yeah. So out of an air of caution and safety. Yeah. <laughs> An abundance of caution. Yeah, right. Um, so we, we endeavored in this project and um, we had been joking, you know, even before that, like we need some interns, right? Yeah. You know, because there's video editing, there's audio editing, absolutely everything that goes on, on, on with the podcast, there's the marketing of it, there's social media, the whole nine yards. And so during this period, we thought, well, this is the time to do it because we have a lot of work that we need to do, but we also don't have anything to like give them. Like we don't 
offer credit, college credit or anything. So we came or up money. with or money. <laughs> <laughs> this is still a passion project for us. Um, so we came up with the mentorship internship program. So Josh and I, between us, have like 300 years of, of experience in the industry. And, and as we've been talking about our, our contact, our network and contacts and network. And so we thought if there are professionals out there, young professionals that could provide some services for us, we would absolutely open up our Rolodex, the old Rolodex, uh -huh. right? Offer any connections, offer any mentorship, you know, and, and offer, our, you know, kind of the, the reciprocal that way. And we have a number of people that have, you know, raised their hand and said, yes, we want to help. So we have uh, a young lady in the Philippines who does our video editing. Wow. Um, we have the gentleman that he was talking about that, you know, does a lot of our summaries, you know, for each of uh, podcast. We have a young lady out in California who does a lot of our correspondence with our with our guests, you know, to say, hey, when can you do it? And she is amazing because she can coordinate our schedules uh -huh. and find a time that'll work for not only the two of us, but, you know, a, a very busy executive. So sure. um, that has been wonderful to be able to um, have them, you know, pr perform these tasks, but also there have been some that have come and gone and have gone off to different careers and things like that. And they've asked us for recommendations. And this is, even though they're not getting paid, it's still real world experience, right? Absolutely. And there's, a, there's a, a tangible output for that. So we feel like it's been, you know, not only great for us to be able to get some, get some help with that, but they're also in some ways better at things than us. Like the, the young lady that does our, our video editing, you know, I can, piece things together in iMovie, right? But sure. she can put all kinds of graphics to it and the music and all these kind of things. And so we really feel like there's a there's a an elevated level of output, you know, as we're as we're, you know, incorporating their perspectives and their experience. Um, but also, you know, we just love when sometimes when they say, I can't do this anymore because I've got a new yeah. job. Right? And sure. so that's kind of the, the point of it and we're we're happy to see them spread their wings. That's a lot of trust to be able to hand something as prominent as the Attraction Pros podcast <laughs> off to somebody else who is still learning, who is still growing. Walk me through as a professional, how do you either A, find trust or give that away? Because that's something that every manager within our industry at one time or another is going to face, whether they are a rides manager or a yep. games manager of 50, 60, 100 people. Or maybe it's a, an executive who has a team who's backing them up. Tell me, how do you establish, let's say, that trust? Well, I think a lot of it stems from the expectations, right? So what is the expectation? Some of the people that have you know, raised their hand and said they want to do this were previous listeners. So they know what our product level is, and they've been able to take that to the next level. Um, so a lot of it is around expectations, and it's a lot, a lot of constant feedback. Like Josh is really, really good about looking over the summary that, that our intern writes and says, you know, let's tweak this word here and there, right? So there's a lot of feedback that goes along with that before it actually goes out to the public. Sure. So I think those are the two big things, and Josh, certainly you can you can expand on that, but it's expectations and feedback. Yeah, I, I don't have much to expand on, actually. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that as you were asking, how do we give trust? I don't know, we just do it. We just we just say <laughs> we, we just trust you. We, you know, we, we know that when they, uh, 
when they apply, I mean, we we interviewed them. I put them on air quotes you know, to, to, you know, we had a, a conversation to understand sort of what, where they were at professionally. We know that uh, sort of what they were aspiring from a, a career standpoint. So we knew that they were coming to the table with, you know, with a baseline of, of skill sets of at least the the professionalism and the intention that we were looking for. So that was probably maybe sorted out in the screening process. Yeah. And uh, uh, and then from there, like Matt said, as far as really, really verifying and kind of uh, uh, just sort of, uh, you know, checking your work, offering feedback, and then being able to actually observe that, you know, overall improvement and that, you know, continuous continuous growth, which is part of the, the mentorship side of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that I think is, uh, you know, is, is something that's important. And, and then to, to Matt's point too, as far as, you know, some people have, have gone on and, and said, like, I, I can't be an intern anymore because I have another job. We, uh, we said that from the start when, when, we, when we did interview them, we said, if something happens where, because this was in late 2020, so there was, we had an abundant amount of people who, who wanted to be doing something. Sure. Right? They, they had nothing going on for them. And we said, as the industry continues to rebound if you know if, if you do get a job if you get the job you want whatever it is and you don't have time for it we celebrate that we said so we actually see that as as a very good thing we, we want that to happen and then we will look at you know maybe it's not the word intern but as far as how does that evolve because you're still you're still part of it you know you're not you're not you're not quitting because you're going on to another job this is you know this is something that uh, that you can always be part of so uh, so it's exciting we've got we've got some of our uh, those who were uh, were previously active at, at the beginning who then moved on we'll be seeing them at uh, at our meetup tonight I'm really yeah. looking forward to it yeah that's fantastic yeah after 299 shows we have this conversation back here at IAPA what keeps a professional in the attractions industry up at night have you found a common thread of some challenge or something out there that everybody is either battling, mystified, maybe it's an answer to a problem that they can gain through the podcast. Something that continuously bubbles up that you found an answer to. It's interesting because I think that sort of ebbs and flows a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, when, when we were first coming out of the, the pandemic specifically and everybody was talking about staffing, that was keeping everybody up at night. Yes. Right. Uh, there's other people that will say, you know, their, their online reputation, you know, is something that keeps them up at night or, you know, just supporting their team um, is something that really um, uh, is what drives them. Um, but I think what the, the ultimate trend is, goes back to something you said earlier, which is it's all about people. Right. Yeah. So most of the time when Josh talks about that, that thread or the things that are, you know, kind of bringing us all together, it is about people, whether you're building a roller coaster or you're managing a zoo or, you know, whatever you're doing, it does come down to people. So I think, you know, if I were to go back to listen and listen to all of those, it would probably be around something with their people, keeping them engaged, keeping them enthused keeping the top talent yeah. um, ultimately you know in the long game as Josh talks about that's what is probably what's on the mind most of those top CEOs uh, some common thread Josh that you've heard along the way well I'll, I'll just expand on Matt's response because I think you know, I, I agree with that it's completely about the people because that is one of if not the most dynamic aspects of the business that mm -hmm. every single day that you open, your people are are determining what that day is going to look like sure. uh, and that by the way includes guests as well mm -hmm. so uh, one of the things that we've been talking about over the last year or so 
uh, and I believe will be presenting at <laughs> IAPA Expo this November, so a little, a little plug for that, uh, is about the intersection of the guest and employee experience and ways that you're able to manage the guest experience and the employee experience and, and the similarities between the two of them. Uh, so as far as you know, what, what keeps people up at night, like Matt said, it, it kind of ebbs and flows as far as like what, what the challenge of the day is, or the challenge of the week, I would say, yeah. uh, and, and the solutions to that oftentimes come with, with the management of the people. Uh, whether it is managing employees or whether it is managing the guest experience and, and looking at ways to, uh, to, to really foster loyalty from your employees and foster loyalty from your guests. We are more than a half hour through this special edition of the Attraction Pros podcast here at IAPA headquarters in Orlando, Florida, episode number 300. And it's kind of neat that you're here we mentioned the pandemic quite a bit. We did Fun World Live during mm, the pandemic. Yeah. It was our direct live to Facebook program uh, where guests could ask questions. And you were the first guests on the show. Yeah. So now in a roundabout <laughs> way, we've come full circle. You were the first guest on my show. I have the honor of interviewing you during show number, uh, during show number 300. What advice would you have to, whether it's an attraction, whether it's a fellow leader in the industry, maybe it's a young professional, what advice do you have when it comes to starting your own podcast? Matt. <laughs> You're going to be terrible at it for a long yeah. time, so be really? ready for that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and I would also say, don't look at this setup <laughs> as, as what you should aspire to right off the bat. Um, Josh and I started off with Skype. Mm -hmm. You know, just over the phone, yeah. and um, you know, we, we joke sometimes we can't go back and listen to some of those earlier episodes because the quality isn't that great. But I think what we have found to be the thing that drives us forward the most is our commitment to consistency. So we said in the very very beginning, we said we're going to put something out Tuesday morning every week. We just arbitrarily picked 9 a.m. Eastern time Tuesday morning. That's something we could you know commit to. Sure. Now I will be transparent and say there's sometimes that on Monday night we're going what are we talking about tomorrow we got to do something but it was that commitment to being consistent that allowed us to get better I think at what we do sure. I think we were asking better questions I think we try to make it fun like conversational like this mm -hmm. we've had a lot of feedback from guests that at first they say I'm kind of nervous but then at yeah. the end they say that was kind of fun mm. you know so we try to keep it light and I think we've gotten into a good rhythm that way, but it's taken 299 episodes to get there. So that goes back to my first point. Like if you want to start a podcast, start a podcast, but know that you're not going to be great at it at first, but that's okay. Don't, don't let that stop you, right? Be bad at it for a while. Just like starting anything being, you know, driving a car, right? You're going to be bad at driving a car when you first start, but keep going, stay consistent and always keep trying to improve. Josh, how about you? Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say just start it, right? Yeah, it's, just start it. Let's do it. That's the hardest part, and the only hard part about it is in your mind, right? I, my, I, someone uh, three and a half years ago told me he was thinking about starting a podcast, and we were talking about it, and I said, okay, like what it'll be about. And he, he mapped out the whole thing and the concept and everything, and then three months ago we were chatting, and he's like, so I really think I'm going to start that podcast. <laughs> so, and, and it's like, no, you just... All you have to do is start it. Like the, the barriers to entry of starting a podcast 
don't exist. You, you can do it, like Matt said, you don't have to do this setup. Grab your phone and record a voice note, and then you can, we use Podbean as our as our server. Mm -hmm. It connects us to all the podcast platforms. And then, uh, yeah, during during COVID is when we switch from Skype, Skype audio to Zoom. So now we have a YouTube channel mm -hmm. you know, from there. So continue to, to seek feedback from yourself, I would say, and from those around you and be able to say, okay, how can I continue to make this a little bit better? So as we, you know, after we kicked it off, I think the first few guests we had, I don't think we planned any questions for them. <laughs> I think if you go back and, and you listen to them, it, it could be, uh, hey, Scott, tell us all about yourself, about IAPA, about your career history, and where you see the industry going in the future, right? If I asked you that, you'd be like, whoa. And then you, That's would, a loaded question. you yeah. would talk for probably 11 minutes straight, and then I'd be like, <laughs> I don't have any, okay, that was it. <laughs> I have no follow-up questions, right? So then being able to, to kind of know your own flow, mm -hmm. and then Matt and I, we have found our groove. If you listen to those early episodes, there's some time like with some dead air, there's some times of like Matt and I talking over each other. I think doing it on video solved a lot of that, and then like kind of understanding like, okay, what is our like natural dynamic? And our guests have complimented that on it. They're like, hey, you guys do a really good job of, of sort of working together to, you know, to create the podcast. And that, that came about, or Organically, I don't think we sat down. We had any meetings of just like, okay, we need to do this better. I think we just sort of naturally felt it out as far as where it could continue to improve. And there's still a lot more to go. And that's you know what's exciting just about it being 300 is like, okay, what do the next 300 look like? They're going to be even better than you know than the last 300. Uh, so so focus on continuous improvement, but don't be too hard on yourself because like Matt said. Uh, well, not only at the beginning is it going to suck, <laughs> at the beginning your audience is the smallest. Sure. So no one cares. That's the, that's the best time to be bad at something. Exactly. When exactly. no one's listening. And then as you get better at it, that's also as your audience grows as well. Do you keep data on the size of your audience? How many people are listening? So we... I, I wish the stats were better. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I mean, like the stats that we You're could get are friends. actually better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're Your able to see. Your parents listen. Yeah. Right? Right, Your exactly, wife listens. Exactly. Yeah. No, my wife doesn't listen. <laughs> she doesn't listen. No. <laughs> I think I've I've had her listen to a couple episodes actually. So she she could hear me in the background. Right. We live in a small condo, so yeah. Um, but we're able to see how many downloads we get per day mm -hmm. and how many we get per episode but what we cannot see is how many uh it is like the breakdown of like if i were to look at yesterday's like how did that break down across episodes so i i, I do wish the stats that we got were were a little bit more robust but we're able to see that and then on youtube we're able to see overall downloads but to your point i'll give a a quick uh plug here that may 2023 was our most downloaded uh month since we started so you're so, growing. It continues yeah, to grow. Yeah, and it, and it ebbs and flows. It, it happened as well in uh, in February, and then okay. it dipped down just just ever so slightly in, in March yeah. and April, and then just shot up in May of 2023. Congratulations! So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. We have about five minutes left. Believe it oh, or not, wow. I'm trying to keep this train on the tracks. 45 <laughs> minutes. Are you ready for uh, some quick questions? Absolutely. All right, Matt. We're going to start with you. What's your favorite kind of attraction? Oh my gosh. This is the speed round? This is the speed round. <laughs> favorite attraction. Favorite kind of attraction. Do you mean like amusement park, zoo, zoo like aquarium, water park, theme park, I'm FEC. going to say um, old traditional amusement parks. Mm. You know, Give us some, an example. Something, something like, like a Canopy Lake Park. Yeah. An old trolley park, uh -huh. you know, still has some fixtures from the 50s and 60s that you can see. Um, 
you know, just very traditional, um, not a lot of big thrills, although I love roller coasters um, and big fast ones, yeah. but um, there's just something magical about walking through a, a facility like that. Josh, how about your favorite kind of attraction? I will go with theme park that blends storytelling with thrill rides. Very well said. Yeah. All right, favorite kind of ride, Josh? Kind of ride? Yeah. I'm going to have to say an Intamin Giga Coaster. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. more specific if you want. You know? yeah. uh -huh. Do you have a favorite? I do. <laughs> Who would that be? That would be Millennium Force, the number one steel coaster on the planet. Look at that. You're yeah. not biased by any means. No. Yeah. All right. It has a beautiful view, I'll tell you that. It does. And it, it packs does. a great ride. Yeah. Matt, how about you? Uh, I will also say... Favorite um, kind of ride? A favorite type of ride is a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. um, although Josh and I do go back and forth about this because <laughs> I believe that Fury three two five at Carowinds is the, in my opinion, the number one steel coaster on the planet. Um, a strong B and M. I yeah. just love the speed, the power, the yeah. airtime. It's and it's it's so rewritable. That's what I love about it as well. It's amazing. All right, favorite kind of food and beverage item F and B. Matt, <laughs> the what do cake. you crave? The funnel, funnel cake. cake. Absolutely. If I'm going to a park, and a lot of very traditional parks have them, which is wonderful, um, that's that's my go-to. Have to have one. Josh, how about you? Cheese on a stick. Cheese on a stick. Both of those are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And Cedar Point at the Boardwalk has just introduced funnel cake dipped shrimp. I'm in. And it was phenomenal. <laughs> let me tell you, the new. Uh, what does that mean? Funnel cake dipped shrimp. They are yeah. shrimp that are deep fried in funnel cake batter. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's now at the new Grand Pavilion and it's, okay. uh, the, the food is great. The view is fantastic. It is definitely something to check out. It is out. very unique. Yeah. It sounds interesting. And cheese on a stick at CPO yeah. as, you know, as well. It can't, yeah. it can't be beat. What's your favorite time of year at the park? Mine would be spring. Um, because that's when, you know, especially if you think about a traditional seasonal park that's when everything is blooming and we're getting ready to open and we're putting out the cans and the benches and you know it's all leading up to that one moment when you open the gate and let people in for the very first time that was always my favorite time at a park i'm gonna go with halloween halloween and, and probably particularly at a seasonal park if it's if it's fall it's a little cool out if i can walk around with leaves all over the ground with like a sweatshirt and a cup of coffee like <laughs> it's it's just so different from the like july 4th which yes. is which is just as like exciting but in a very different way i got you yeah. yeah what is your dream job in the industry i think i have it do you yes you say that <laughs> i do that's fantastic yes, that's awesome yes. and you know 30 years in the making sure but you've um, worked for this <laughs> the fact right? that the fact that I get to work with so many different types of facilities, like Josh was talking about, even on the podcast, we learn about zoos and aquariums, and you know those are you know, a big part of my client base. Um, it's just amazing to get to work with that many passionate people in that many different um, disciplines within the industry. Josh, how about you? Well, that was a nice answer. <laughs> that was a nice answer. What is and your dream job? In I the think industry? it'll come as no surprise to you that I want to be on a boat telling very corny jokes. Hmm, where could you do that? So some type, of, some type of boat ride where yeah. you can drive and tell jokes. Yes. Well, you would do it very, very well. Real quick, Matt, biggest mentor. Biggest mentor I would have to say is Dave Vosepka when I was at Valley Fair. Um, he's still with Cedar Fair. Um, he was just great at 
distilling things down to you know something that was very understandable and you know when we would get hot-headed about things very good about calming us down and you know getting us to see the bigger picture biggest mentor josh matt heller no not to not to get like sentimental really? like, but the, <laughs> the amount that i feel that i i have learned from you even just for the last six years but even like way prior to that i saw you as a mentor just sort of through my career kind of as i moved sort of from from park to park and i felt like i was always able to bounce ideas off of you and get guidance and then definitely i feel like the amount that i've learned about leadership has absolutely accelerated over the last 300 weeks wow thank you <laughs> yeah, well, that's thank amazing you. Yeah, look at that. that i just got goosebumps yeah. that's awesome <laughs> very cool yeah well when i was a television reporter you only had 90 seconds a minute and a half to tell a story I always went over, and I apologize, <laughs> but we have gone over That's okay. 45 minutes here. Um, I have taken some great notes when we sit around and put together, here's my shameless plug, when we put together <laughs> Fun World Magazine, we're always looking for insight, and uh, you have put together some great insight today. So thank you very much. Thank you for your trust in me and trusting me with the honor of being part of your 300th episode. Congratulations. And so with that, the last word is yours. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Well, Matt, I think there's only one thing left to say here. And, and that is... We are all attraction pros! Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.